0: you're listening to the big finish podcast official release date 25th of September 2017
1: hello there i'm benji he's nick
0: hello and do you like the captain scarlet jive yes it's benji's music playing in the background
1: oh i love a bit of the jive love it that was <laughs> such fun to do i i sat i set up the the keyboard there uh, it was the first the first time i made made any mu- any fun music in my new house. And I posed in front <laughs> of the window and was really giving it all this and f- messing around on the organ. Oh, it was bedroom rock star. Bedroom rock star. Exactly. So yeah. Having a good old time I thought it was jive.
0: appropriate for, for,
1: you know, uh, Captain Scarlet
0: 50th anniversary.
1: Anyway. Back to the script. Uh, and we at Big Finish, if you don't know who we are already, are the proud purveyors of the finest audio drama in the sector of the game galaxy enough said. And in another packed,
0: packed, packed podcast this week, you're about to be hit between the ear things by Big Finish News, listeners' emails, guest star interviews, the randomoid Selectatron roundup
1: of the latest releases and a 15 minute drama tease. That's right and the 50th anniversary of Gerry Anderson's Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons is coming up on the 29th of September so we'll be celebrating that by not only releasing a load of great Captain Scarlet at Audio Stuff, but in this podcast, Nick will be chatting to Jerry's son, Jamie, currently one of Big Finish's most prolific contributors that's right but that's all going to change because i'm going
0: to sack him no that's not true (laughs) Uh, and uh following up on last week's news of our new first doctor adventures starring david bradley and the team from the bbc biopic adventures in space and time our main guest star interview is with actress Gemma powell who portrayed jacqueline hill who in turn played first doctor companion barbara wright Uh, Gemma reprises the role of barbara wright in our first doctor adventures of course lots of fun and there'll be uh, interviews with all of the main cast of the first doctor adventures coming in the Big Finish podcast in the coming
1: weeks. And our drama tease at the end of this podcast will be an unadulterated slice of 1967 Captain Scarlet nostalgia reborn. Yes, David Graham, Liz Morgan and Wayne Forrester star in The Spectrum Files. Don't miss it. Spectrum is green. Yes, but what's it time for now, Benji? I think it might be time for the... uh... The blummin' news, Nick.
0: This is the Big Finish News.
1: I don't have any... I'm sure everybody would be really glad to hear. I don't actually have any funky instruments because I I, oh. just, I can't find any of it amongst all this stuff I, I can I can find I've got and that it, but what's that, what a, that? A, a I didn't see it, it chuckle vision DVD me. but no, a, no good. No, it's no I've got good. this I've got... and this is no good either this is one of my uh, late father's pipes oh mag this do you know what that suits you i yeah. really su-
0: that's how my dad looked all the time which is probably you know one of the reasons he's dead of course because he smoked one he's of these yeah, shake Um oh god, it still tastes terrible. Um the reason I got it actually from my mum's house is because you know you and I we're going to make a um a starting sequence for a TV show where we're detectives, aren't we? Of course. And, uh, of course. And I think I think we should be smirking fags, uh, smirking a pipe and uh, oh uh, listen. Uh, oh no. Yeah, you know, uh, and uh, and drinking pints the whole time, you know, it have to be a <laughs> just, 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 just sounds like my life anyway. To be honest, if I'm honest, but you're not smirking fags, I know that. Smork, I know you're not smirking fags, fags.
1: smirking fags, and smoking pipe. Remember when I was about sixteen? I thought it was cool to buy a pipe. And there's a place in Brighton called Snoopers Paradise, and it's like a huge uh, second, like second-hand store. And uh, they had this pipe there, and I thought oh, that was quite fun. I thought I'll, I'll buy that. And I had this idea. I thought, right. I thought maybe if I just boil it. Um, I can get all the the stuff out, and it might be smokeable. And so I boiled this pipe, <laughs> and and I was the most Do sound like this. It sounded exactly like that. But I was the most unpopular person because the whole house for about probably about a month stank of uh, tobacco, oh. uh, old tobacco as well. It smelt like a sort of real old gentleman's pub going on it was it was it was, it was that's horrible. exactly what our house here set, smelt like when we bought it well like an old yeah. like a sort of an old geezers yeah everyone i
0: think who lived here smoked so i mean we had to strip it i mean i think that's why we got it for a decent price because people came around and looked at it and just thought it's disgusting so we thought we saw past the smell and thought well it's cheap
1: we'll have it and we'll get rid of all this wallpaper and you cardboard. went in and you said Smells like potential. Oh, it's mine. Yeah, well, I'll get on with the news anyway. See, oh, that, that's yeah. what it, that's what everybody's I've got so here many for. more things
0: to say about pipes. But oh, anyway. so have I. I, you know, but, yeah, we could we could have a whole. This work. isn't the pi- the big pipe
1: podcast, is it? No, I'm pipe gonna- down, pipe down, Mister Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, kick off this news then. And then It's a uh, Doctor Who short trip's bonanza this week. So out on the 27th of September is A Heart on Both Sides by Rob Nesbitt. And it's performed by Sarah Sutton, who, as many of you know, played the fifth Doctor companion, Nyssa. And rather cleverly links Nyssa with the eighth Doctor and the Time War. So here's a little tease.
2: Dr. Foster pointed down a narrow alley crowded with fuel drums to a likely service depot. He had taken a stroll last night to scout around the area. We had a little money, but mostly we relied on the goodwill we'd encountered on so many worlds. The Trakan is a mobile medical station. Apart from Dr. Foster and myself, it is manned by robot nurses, the sisters. We offer our services wherever we go. Payment is usually in-kind, but freely given. Fuel, food, medical supplies, and occasional transfer of galactic credit. So, I know that there is still good in the galaxy, despite how it feels with the Time War pressing in on us. We passed one wall of a warehouse which had been plastered in garish graffiti. It was the outline of a man, tall and commanding, in what I recognized to be a Time Lord's ceremonial headdress. On his chest had been daubed two heart symbols, and each was slashed through with a blood-red cross. Dr. Foster pointed it out to me. There's no love lost on the Time Lords here, Controller Nyssa, he said. We walked on down the narrow alley to the fuel depot. That's when it exploded.
0: Big Finish. We love stories a cracking story not to be missed and sarah's performance in it is excellent i i, I sent her a little facetime message to, not facetime facebook face <laughs> something face backwards uh face off face forwards face off. <laughs> anyway blah blah next up short trips rarities now over the years uh, we've been asked about a number of the doctor who short trips which have been only exclusively available to subscribers for the main Doctor Who range. Some of these rare tales, read by actors very familiar to Big Finish listeners, are now being released, more generally giving a chance for a wider audience to enjoy them. It's worth noting, though, that subscribers to the main range will still get new short trips first with a two-year window, at least on any new releases. And they also get up to four of these stories a year, absolutely flipping free. See, subscribers, even though we haven't said it for many years, do really get more (laughs) at bigfinish.com. But anyway, back to the rarities on general release this week. They are... And you'll have to keep an eye on the Big Finish website to find out when they're made available. Uh, The Eighth Doctor and Lucy feature in The Young Lions by Alice Cavender. Uh, The Seventh Doctor features in Twilight's End by Cavan Scott and Mark Wright. Uh, the sixth doctor and mel feature in intuition by rob nisbet the fourth doctor features in waiting for gaddo what by john what dorney what and the third doctor and joe what feature in i can't stop saying what, what? Uh, feature in the switching by simon geria Uh, These stories are read by some of Big Finish's favourite regulars Beth Chalmers, Stephen Critchlow, Duncan Wisby and Hugh Ross Here's a little taste of these rarities I've, I've downloaded them all and I've done a bit of a mash-up for you Here you go
3: After a moment of dizzying blackness, the doctor opened his eyes He lay on his back, looking up at the ceiling It needed retouching Curls of dry paint peeled away from the surface Well, he said with his ears still ringing, his voice echoed oddly. He must have hit his head quite hard. In fact, his whole body ached. Next time we'll try a smaller amount of solution. Thankfully no one was about to pass comment, but Unit's finest would be racing this way to investigate the explosion. He would never live it down if they found him on the floor. Blowing himself up, indeed. He really ought to be more careful. Gingerly he raised his head. He didn't recognise his surroundings... Where had his spacious laboratory gone? The little room he found himself in was an uninspiring grey, the brick walls painted sloppily. Beside where the doctor lay, a bed was built into the wall. He got to his feet as quickly as his sore limbs would allow, stopping to examine his clothes. Last thing he remembered, he'd been sporting a particularly fine smoking jacket with scarlet braid. Now he found himself in coarse, two-piece pyjamas with pastel-blue stripes. In the last
4: orange rays of dusk, two figures were silhouetted on a rooftop terrace as clouds gathered overhead. Major Charles Montgomery gazed down at a disorderly ragtag huddle of tents and campfires overshadowed by the barracks, home to the regiment he had commanded for the last four years of the war. That war was far away, but he feared the minor skirmish playing out below would also have unintended consequences. Bit cheeky of you really, holding back keys for the old place, he said, smiling wryly at his companion. He crossed to the other side of the terrace to survey Little Morton, a picture postcard village, serene, the narrow empty streets blurring as a fine mist of rain came down. He shivered and stared into the distance. We've had some times here, eh? I thought with our record we'd be safe from mergers. If the Treasury had its way, the army would be composed entirely of reservists.
5: The building rises into the night air like a sliver of ice, dominating the skyline. Other skyscrapers huddle around this sleek needle, steel and glass arms stretching up into the sky but never catching their rival. The most advanced computer system in the world cycles simultaneously through all 200 floors, assessing ambient temperature, Humidity, airflow, energy consumption, structural stress, external wind velocity, and localized seismic activity. The computer monitors the heartbeat and body temperature of every living being within the building, constantly adjusting atmospheric conditions to maximize comfort. External sensors probe the surrounding airspace, correlating data with military and civil aviation networks. If any threat is perceived from an approaching aircraft, satellite weaponry systems would be online within a fraction of a second to neutralize the danger. Backup weaponry batteries located on the building's superstructure are also at the computer's disposal. The security net thrown around the building is the most sophisticated known to the world. Not even the smallest insect can penetrate this unique environment. The computer is the building. The building is the computer. It waits. It watches. Waiting for. A presence probes at the very edge of the computer's perception. Yeah, right, indubitably, uh, Indubitably, oh boy. I've got my pipe here. In very bad taste.
1: Oh, it's probably you're, that's you're disgusting. Just suck, I'm putting it away. Just sucking all of that in. That's just.
0: That's I wasn't sucking. I, wasn't, I was blowing. You are okay. still somehow. Ugh.
1: Not I nice. Like have to go to hospital immediately (laughs) one of those pipe smokers i remember i've been to a few weddings where there's been people smoking pipes outside yeah i thought it's just it's a bit of a weird sight isn't it because you don't see it these days really
0: not really no i mean uh no i can't tell you the. i've got some great pipe stories (laughs) (laughs) my dad smoked a pipe from about the age of 14 you know oh wow yeah, which is why he was dead by the time he was seventy-four. Bless him. I'd miss him so much.
1: If you're gonna smoke, I think smoking a pipe is as bad as it gets. I think. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, his brother is uh, who
0: was older than him in the first place uh, is still alive. You know. So, and he said, "I'm afraid your dad that pipe did for him." I'm afraid.
1: But anyway, I bet he enjoyed
0: <laughs> I it. Don't though. Know he... Why are talking about such cheery things? But Sorry. as long as
1: he enjoyed that smoking the pipe, that's that's you know. If he hated it, that would be even worse. Can you imagine that? Oh, yeah. oh, I hate this. I don't know why. I mean, I'm he stops.
0: Doing. He stopped smoking at the age of fifty-five. He stopped smoking at the age I am now, actually. So. there
1: yeah.
0: we go. So, but that wasn't good enough, I'm afraid. Not since he'd been smoking since he was fourteen.
1: I remember my, my great nan. She gave up smoking at the age of I think eighty-two because she thought it'd be good for her health. just oh, <laughs> too late. Yeah, too late. Well, you know, fair enough. She was riding a bike at that age as well Crazy wow. lady, amazing well,
0: Sometimes you see some people Powerful Aren't woman. genetically disposed to smoking related illnesses But until we can find that information out in advance Probably not worth taking the risk yes. Yeah,
1: don't bother, don't bother It's it's, it's it's not worth it And if you do Make sure you do it in a sort of 70s way You know, put, <laughs> put on a shirt Go in a pub You know, eat eat some some peanuts as well <laughs> Pork scratchings. Pork scratchings, yeah. ever bitter. Ever light and bitter. Uh, that's a nice love a light and bitter. Anyway, we
0: please have... write in if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, Sorry. please
1: and please write in if you have had a light and bitter because what a what a great drink that is. So going back into the news, then to celebrate the release of those short trip rarities, there'll be a number of short trips special offers. So keep an mm. eagle eye out on the Big Finish website this week for some rather attractive download prices. Mm. So Very
6: attractive.
1: Narrated by Matthew Waterhouse and written by Joe Lidster, a full life gives Adric an alternative future to his fate, from the TV episode uh, Shock Which we're not going to give anything away If you've not seen it But it's a cracker Proper landmark Doctor Who that uh, And it, this particular uh, short trip Of uh, full Life Was voted 10 out of 10 By Sci-Fi Bulletin And voted 3rd best release By Big Finish In 2016 It is wow. an absolute Undisputed corker And believe you me I, I can tell you that for a fact Because I think it is too uh, Here's a taster <laughs>
7: I didn't want to be one of the elite. I wanted to be like Varsh. And so, one day, I snuck out. The cylinder was running out, and the marshmen were coming. He told me to go. I got another cylinder, and I went running back, and... But it had him. The Marshman had him, and the door was closing, and I had his hand. I was holding his hand, but I couldn't save him. Varsh died. My brother... started to think we'd never get to this end space but things were better we were traveling and we were friends and we were smashing monsters and governments and the doctor romana canine and adric four friends and i thought it would never end
1: and you can pick up volumes one to four of the Doctor Who's short trips on download. Each contains eight fantastic adventures in time and space, with the Doctor and his companions, featuring stories from many of Doctor Who's most popular authors from the world's television, print, comics, audio, as well as all new talent, all read by your favourite big Finnish
0: actors. Oh, yeah, some great actors in there. Um, You know, uh, William Russell. Um, In fact, the reason I'm mentioning him is we're about to play you a clip from Rise and Fall, Uh, one of my favourites from that. These uh, short trips were the original CD compilations we released before we started doing the download-only single short trips. So uh, uh, these haven't been available on offer for some time. Anyway, here's a little tease of Rise and Fall by George Mann. It's brilliant. (laughs) Ian
8: Chesterton stands watching the ponderous rise and fall of the time rotor in the bright gleam of the console room, listening to the grating whine of the ship's engines, wondering, not for the first time, where the old man is taking them this time. The doctor himself stands nearby, beside the console, his fingers dancing over the controls like a pair of ancient bony spiders. For once, Ian muses, Time traveler appears to know what he is doing. Ian turns to see Barbara watching them from the other side of the room. He offers her a, a conspiratorial smile. Susan is trying on costumes in one of the wardrobe rooms elsewhere on the ship. They've already been treated to a glimpse of a Regency ball gown and a shimmering gold dress from the 29th century. Ian wonders what'll be next. For a moment, there is no sound other than the wheezing roar of the engines and the constant background hum of the ship.
0: And there'll be a bundle available too in which you'll be able to get all 36 of those Volume 1 to 4 adventures for a very attractive download price. Very attractive.
1: Very uh, rather, attractive rather, price. oh
9: boy.
0: Yes. Look out for other bundles too. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to you know, cover you in bundle information. It's, it's, have a look when this news item comes up on the site this week. And as Benji said, keep watching the Big Finish website for news of this offer starting
1: this coming week. And finally, just time for news of our final H.G. Wells adaptation, The Delayed Martian Invasion of Earth, which is, of course, an audio dramatisation of The War of the Worlds. Over to you, Nick, to explain all. I feel like I'm in the on the naughty step here. Yes, obviously, it's all my
0: fault. I'm the writer and director of The Martian Invasion of Earth, the adaptation of The War of the Worlds, so the buck- up stops here. Uh, My general uh, executive producer, writer, director, composer workload has been a bit large, uh, obviously having to hoover the studio as well if you read Doctor Who monthly this week Um, um, and uh, frankly writing my adaptation of War of the Worlds has been the the biggest writing challenge of my life but I did love it even though it is a little late. It It was intended to be out in November Uh, But since we're recording it on the 7th and 8th of October, I don't think that's going to happen. News from that recording will be featured in the podcast, of course, in a couple of weeks' time, including uh, exciting news of the exciting star, exciting, exciting casting, exciting. Ooh. Ooh. Or ooh-la, as Jeff Wayne would have it. But um, there'll be no ooh-la's in my production. I'll have you know.
1: Ooh-la. I love it, though. Everybody loves uh, a bit of an ooh They don't
0: say ooh-la in the book. They say, aloo, and... Olo, 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 olo. <laughs> Hello?
1: Hello? Oh, something's really happy. Hello? <laughs> Hello? No, <laughs> aloo. <A-l-l-o-o-o. laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, oh, what, you mean...
0: Hello. I've got no sense of humour about it. I've been writing it for a year. Hello, hello. The 90s. Hello, hello, hello. hello, hello. Yes, no. they are French. Looking the, forward the to it, The Martians are
1: French. Hello, monsieur, madame. We come <laughs> to invade. Um, yeah, terrible <sighs> French, French accent
0: there. Terrible, terrible. I apologise to all French people listening.
1: Indeed. But, you know, lots to look forward to here at Big Finish. There's a huge... That, that, that news report was a huge sort of chunk of wonderful starting with short trips and ending in Martians non-stop so lots to look forward to but that is the end of the news this week that's right you saw the beginning you traveled through the middle and you have now reached the end so the news is going to terminate here this week uh, and you can resume traveling on it next week Right then,
0: before we launch into listeners' emails, time now for a special feature. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm sounding so aggressive about it. Special uh, see, feature. Special. a special. Listen, a backup. Since the 50th anniversary of Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons is on the 29th of September. I love mentioning that day. And International Thunderbirds Day is on the 30th of September. Here's me chatting to Jerry Anderson's son, Jamie about all that stuff and more in a major interview feature major major or should should i say captain (laughs) captain scarlet dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum
10: captain scarlet
0: hello jamie anderson and welcome to the big finish podcast hello nick briggs thank you very much for having me (laughs) <laughs> Good. Uh, now, listen, it's the 50th anniversary of Captain Scarlet coming up, isn't it, on the 29th of September?
9: It absolutely is. And also, the confusingly, the 52nd anniversary of Thunderbirds on the 30th of September. Wow. And this is causing some confusion in terms of celebrations and the timing of them. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> obviously not
0: for you well, but there's just no, there's, it's, it's, there's a lot going on yeah so it's International Thunderbirds Day on the 30th correct yes and it's also the 50th anniversary of the prisoner <laughs> on the 29th Be- as well. perhaps equally importantly yes it is most important of all of course it's my birthday <laughs> amazing
9: do you know I, also the 29th of September is Wayne Forrester's birthday
0: is it who did uh, all the male voices in the spectrum files? exactly which is one of the, the part of one of our celebrations of captain scarlet's 50th anniversary what a
9: neat segue
0: very good it's like we planned this and i can assure <laughs> listeners that we didn't <laughs> Not a, <laughs> i literally said three to one go and that was it yeah not
9: a drop of planning has
0: gone into this nope <sighs> so uh tell us as you know there will be some people listening who don't know about big finishes Um, captain scarlet releases so just tell them as though they don't know (laughs) what as in it's called it's called naked promotion right thank you including what captain scarlet is (laughs) or yeah go on describe captain scarlet i want to hear that
9: (laughs) he's scarlet uh captain scarlet is a 1967 super Nation series by my late father jerry anderson which focuses on uh, the accidental beginnings of a war between Earth and Mars, uh, obviously between the human race and the Mysterons, who are able to recreate an exact likeness of an object or person using the power of retro metabolism. And they, (laughs) goodness me. And they use that power on Captain Scarlet, who is the main agent of Spectrum, who are Earth defenders. But somehow their retro metabolism power goes wrong and allows Captain Scarlet to retain his sort of human mind. But with Mm. all the amazing powers that retro metabolism brings, as in being indestructible and not being able to die. Yeah. Uh, So there you go. And they go. They have adventures every week.
0: Brilliant. Um, two things i want to say about that one is that it was designed for children and yet it was about dead people coming back to life and doing (laughs) evil deeds so what was your father thinking
9: uh he he was trying to make things more grown up wasn't he he wanted he he didn't want to work with puppets he wanted to work with live actors and do serious drama and big films and therefore killing puppets and leaving them (laughs) bloodied, uh, uh, having been bludgeoned to death or in terrible car accidents, or even having them just under the water of a gently flowing stream, having just drowned. Yeah. Uh, that was a perfect fit for making Supermarination more grown up, but that's why people remember it so fondly a lot of the time, yeah. it? they like it because it
0: felt more grown up and scary. Isn't there a suicide bomber in the first episode? Uh, yes, yes. Poor, poor Captain Brown. Uh, yeah. Are you feeling but all right? He, get, <laughs> he gets contained in a. Yeah, he starts smoking and then That's explodes. It. Yes. And he gets contained in a cylinder or something, doesn't he? The right.
9: world president uh, is pulled back through a wall into a concrete bunker or something as the maximum security building has its security breached and is blown to smithereens in an amazing Derek medding's effect shot
0: yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. lots of explosions jerry cool. anderson productions and the other thing I, I want to focus in on that i've never asked anyone and since you're the son of jerry anderson it's the clue i'd never asked you i met your dad twice and i didn't ask him this when you say somehow it has an effect on captain scarlet and blah blah blah. yeah what is the somehow why why did that happen to captain scarlet and it doesn't happen to anyone else that they retain their humanity and become indestructible (laughs) what what's so special about captain scarlet apart from the fact that he sounded like Cary grant Uh,
9: (laughs) well you've asked the impossible question uh because
0: otherwise there wouldn't be a
9: story <laughs> oh, <laughs> there would be no right. series oh, okay. they'd right. k- they kill Captain Scarlet after he was, he, he was Mr and and that would be the end of it and it would just be the pilot episode yeah, uh, fair
0: enough I feel bad I mean I feel like I shouldn't point out also that there are probably more deadly situations going on in the world than Thunderbirds could cope with <laughs> <laughs> yes.
9: they'd be having
0: a hard time at the moment wouldn't they yeah,
9: yeah it, it, it's uh, rather serious uh, all the stuff that happens in Scarlet, which yeah, um, yeah makes it, which it is makes it feel more grown up, but it also uh, exposes it to a few issues. You know, Scarlet has been retro metabolized and is indestructible, and yet other misdrawn agents seem to not be indestructible.
0: Yeah.
9: Uh, it's a strange quirk of what happened to him, but.
0: Well, I, I've never heard so many uh, variants of the word retro metabolism used in what is so far quite a short conversation. So I've, I'm quids in. I'm really happy. Happy to
9: oblige, Nick. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, so anyway, so we've described and, and I would say slightly deconstructed Captain Scarlet. Whoops. Maybe unfairly. Unfairly. Sorry, Captain Only Skull. with love, though. Yeah, I love it. I do love it. I think it's remarkable, actually. I love to watch it. Um describe for us not for me, I know, you know, what Big Finish is doing with the help of you well, for the fiftieth anniversary. <laughs>
9: Big Finish is doing four things, three of which are uh are what are we calling them? Um enhanced audiobooks. Yeah. I mean they're as near as damn it to Full cast, aren't they, with our yeah. very talented duo and our narrator? Uh, uh, but they are. Su-
0: super o- audio bookation. They yeah, are. yeah,
9: super audio bookations <laughs> of, of three 1967 TV tie in novels by John Faden, who did lots of those things for Thunderbirds and Stingray and yeah. others. Um, and we brought them to life with Wayne Forrester doing all the male parts, uh, Liz Morgan doing all the female voices, and David Graham doing the narration.
0: Yes, I did. Very good. I'm sure he'd. I'm sure he'd be good in inverted <laughs> Flattered by that. Uh, uh, I'm, but, I'm banking on him not listening.
9: <laughs> I'm sure he won't. He's not a podcast kind of a guy. Uh, uh, lovely retro Barry Gray style music from Benji Clifford, and lots of original sound effects from the original library and sample from the show itself. So it, uh, we've had a few people doing early listens and saying it's they're like lost Captain Scarlet adventures. Um, which is exactly what we were going for. So that's yeah. very pleasing indeed. So that kind of covers three of the releases Spectrum Files 1 to 3. And then the fourth one is the 50th Anniversary Box Set, which is uh, 13 original audio stories. So five audio stories that were released as mini albums in 67, and eight of the TV stories with linking, uh, linking narration by Ed Bishop, but playing Captain Blue as he originally played in the tv series so 13 audio stories and then an hour-long documentary with newly recorded bits and pieces and some very special archive interviews that have never been heard before with dad with Derek Meddings and a few others stuff that's not been released before and is now kindly released care of uh, Simon Archer uh, who was dad's biographer care of his estate
0: lovely um are you in the documentary
9: uh, only briefly doing patches of narration to tie it together because I've got nothing nothing of value t- to add that hasn't been said by the people who are actually involved or uh, yes. h- who are sort of super fans
0: do you just sort of come in now and again and say I wasn't born when this
9: happened <laughs> <laughs> Pr- that's pretty much uh, yeah just that on repeat it's just it's, it's normally for a bit of context so you don't just think who's this voice now
0: yeah when did you when did you first encounter captain scarlet how old were you um
9: probably three i think when there were lots of vhs bits and pieces around uh but i was too busy watching terror hawks to watch too much scarlet sorry to
0: say (laughs) (laughs) wasn't your dad keen for you to watch it and, and like it
9: not really he never tried to indoctrinate me believe it
0: or not really i no. oh, not like me and ben with doctor who <laughs> no well that's that's
9: parenting done proper isn't it indoctrinating your kids at doctor who uh i did that myself no I I, I I don't think he ever he ever really wanted me to become overly interested in it but i did anyway
0: ah well that's, you, you're bound to be really yeah because it's such a such a fab thing and i there's a little reference to Thunderbirds. ah F-A-B. thanks yes. for, thanks for
9: that sig nick
0: Oh, yeah, i very good. That spectrum is green. I don't know whether you... OK. Um, have you got a favourite one of the episodes that's on the uh, Captain Scarlet box set, by the way? Uh, certainly
9: on, on the special edition box set? Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Big Ben Strikes
9: Again, which will fr- really? forever be a favourite just because it was such a cool conceit, I guess, of the, you know... Well, I don't want to give it away if you haven't heard um, it before. Uh, it will be a shame to, but,
0: Yeah. and that's one of the ones that was conceived to be released on a record no no that's uh, that's from a tv that's one of the tv TV stories
9: yeah uh from the from the mini album ones probably captain scarlet versus captain black which is the fifth one but that's partly because in the original pressing it had a speed fault so gradually through the uh the playing it wound down in pitch (laughs) Uh, until the end where the voices were barely recognisable. So I worked with Benji really hard to bring the the pitches up to the correct point and correct the speed. And it it just, it just sounds so cool. And having heard it so many times, uh, I sort of gone through the wall of ending up hating it and loving it again. (laughs) That's nice.
7: And
0: Benji's done great work on it, hasn't he?
9: He has. He's been very involved across the whole thing. And as a, uh, a sort of person displaced really from the 1970s i know he's not actually but that's how he feels you yes, know and he, his
0: brain is in the 1970s exactly
9: so you know to take him back to 67 and do all this stuff i think he's really enjoyed it he's certainly really oh, got yes. into it he's loved it
0: yes well he's a very enthusiastic person as people will notice from listening to the podcast you have, of course, broken him. I mean, he was meant to be doing Survivors, so now Survivors is late for me to do the music. <laughs> your your blooming Spectrum <laughs> Files has held him right up.
9: Yeah, anyway. sorry about that. But he has come up with genius bits and pieces like the Spectrum Jive. Uh,
0: oh, I know, uh, which I now use as the, the closing music for the listeners' emails in the podcast. <laughs> it's just too good to, to waste.
9: Well, there you go. And I think, actually, you can hear some of that sequence uh, as the uh the the downloadable you know sample excerpt for one of the spectrum files so if you want to hear it in context coming up later yes yes oh it probably is yeah maybe that bit are you you
0: sending me that file i've I've already got i'll send you something at some point definitely yes maybe tonight yeah sure you'll have it shortly i promise (laughs) thank you yeah i don't want to introduce it and then find i haven't got it to edit into the podcast 15 minutes of
9: you and Benji ad-libbing a Captain Scarlet adventure.
0: Well, uh, now, now, I, now you're tempting me.
9: <laughs> well, if that could be the intro for the podcast, which will be weird now if this skip goes in it, then that would be great. Yeah,
0: my best, uh, my my fondest memory of Captain Scarlet improvisation is when Ben, my son, was very young, probably about three, and he uh, he doesn't. He still wants this, but we don't do this. Um, He wants, after he's had a story read to him at bedtime, he wants stories in the dark. So the lights go off, but he he doesn't want to go to sleep yet. So in order to tell him a story in the dark, of course, you have to make something up because you can't read anything out. And uh, I remember just, and he'd been watching Captain Scarlet and Steph had been watching it with him. And I went past the bedroom one evening and heard her, she was all snuggled up with him, and I heard Steph, who is the least super marionation action adventure kind of person you could wish to meet, and I could hear her saying, It's just you and me now, Captain Scarlet. <laughs> she was quoting from the first episode of Captain you know, that bit where they're hanging off the, the big car park and all that. She was she was basically doing her own version of that episode which she'd seen earlier. Nice. It's going yeah, to be you. On her everywhere. Yeah. Or me. You or me. That's what, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she improvised it inaccurately. Pro-
9: <laughs> probably massively improved it. <laughs> well done, Steph.
0: <laughs> oh, well, um, thank you. Anything more else you want to say about International Thunderbirds Day?
9: Uh, well, if you're stuck for something to do on the 30th of September, there's quite a few bits and pieces going on. There's a there's screenings going on at 40-odd view cinemas all around the country with wow. uh, one of the Thunderbirds 1965 episodes and a couple of uh, new Thunderbirds I'll Go episodes uh, there's a uh, cream tea a uh, lady Penelope cream tea at the in- oh, inter- I saw intercontinental some tweets about that yeah. yes yeah. Uh, and I think also the uh, Emirates airline in in London is being taken over by ITV's new Thunderbirds for the day so or for several weeks, possibly with you know branded cabs and stuff. So there's maybe, all sorts maybe going on. Maybe Thunderbirds
0: can rescue all those Ryanair uh, customers. Who are not <laughs> it's, it's not
9: able to fly, as you said. Like the world of Captain Scarlet, it's just too big a job for international rescue.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you, Jamie. It's just very odd talking to you on a podcast because I feel like we speak most days (laughs) on FaceTime about Big Finish and stuff. Yes, but but we I keep forgetting that this is actually being recorded. (laughs) We're
9: toning it down. For the podcast, of course. That's true. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know what's reminding me to do that. I think it's the fact I'm wearing two sets of headphones. I think that's what what it is. Yeah, you do look really odd. One for the yeah. One for the FaceTime and one for my Pro Tools. Sit
9: tight and I'm just gonna screenshot you with your weird uh Okay. There we go,
0: done. Thank (laughs) you. I could see myself and I do look ridiculous. You do. No change there. Well, thanks very much. Um and yeah, we look forward at the end of this podcast to hearing a, a whacking great chunk of the spectrum files yes
9: enjoy it and ad- admire uh, our amazing voice artists and uh, just how many voices they managed to do and still make it sound like an epic performance
0: And there you have it. Time now for listeners' emails.
1: Oh, goodness me. I mean, it's just occurred to me how much I love an email. That's right, I really do. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. That's right. And you, yes, you can join in with the love by contacting us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's right, it's podcast, P-O-D, cast, at B to the I to the G, finish.c to the O to the M, podcast at bigfinish.com. So, first up, this one here is from Michael Salk co Just scrolling up there don't worry it was uh wasn't intended to be a dramatic pause <laughs> I was very dramatic I was quite moved by it Oh thank you uh, you know nominate me for the uh, Emmys when, whenever you fancy Definitely definitely it's worth that Hi, Benji and Nick. First off, thanks for releasing such a delightful podcast every week. I look forward to doing all my Sunday errands whilst listening to the latest news, listeners' emails and, well, you know the rest. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoy it. And uh, I'm just just picturing you hoovering right now, hoovering around and, and having us saying this. And you're looking over and you're thinking, oh my God, they're talking to me. Hello, Michael. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, so let's uh, crack a lac on with this. So uh, let's carry on. So, Michael here says Whilst Doctor Who is what brought me to Big Finish, it's some of the other lines that have unexpectedly captured my imagination. Vienna Cicero And Sherlock Holmes Are favourites in particular and Oh what, mm, Oh Indubitably uh, Indubitably What's was, what was your great catchphrase lately It's um It is indubitably Oh that's for darn sure That's for darn sure <laughs> <laughs> Um Uh, What caught me most off-guard was Torchwood Aliens Among Us. I never had strong feelings about Torchwood before, and now I find myself complete Torchwood trash, uh, desperately awaiting the second set in October. The first volume was a perfect storm of comedy, horror and topical social commentary. Goss, Hancock and co. have introduced multiple great new characters. Mr. Colchester is snark personified. Orr is a fantastic character with tons of potential. Tyler is morally ambiguous. And NG. NG fits with the team like he's been there all along. Two ruddy, tortured questions. Can we say bloody? I'm going to say... Okay. <laughs> can I say bloody? I, I don't think yeah. we can. Well, can he we? says bloody in his, his email, Ooh, so it's, okay, it's Michael's fault. Oh, that's it. Two bloody, tortured questions. Can we get a Mr. Colchester, an or an NG and a Tyler shirt in the Big Finish store? Two, is there any chance of behind-the-scenes features at the end of Series 5? These chats with cast and crew greatly enhance any big finished feature. Cheers from sunny California, Michael Solko. Thank you, Michael. Well, I sent that email to
0: James Goss and Scott Hancock. I didn't send it to Coe, whoever that is. But anyway, uh, Sebastian (laughs) Coe, maybe? I don't know whether he's got anything to do with Torchwood. Um... You know, I don't know. What should we do about the t-shirts? I should talk to Sue Cowley who organizes our t-shirts, but there may be a licensing issue there. Um, Although they're they're new characters. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It would be fun, wouldn't it? Also, yes, I want uh, James to tell me about behind the scenes features. I don't think he's done any. He absolutely should have done. They're in the producer's guidelines and everything. Uh, Anyway, good. I'll have a word about that. We need behind the scenes features. Next up, this from Justin Webb. Hello, Nick and Benji. Firstly, congratulations, congratulations, I don't know what they are, on last <laughs> week's podcast. Uh, that was me, not you, Justin. Obviously, you wrote congratulations. It was really entertaining. Thank you, Justin. Top-notch banter. It's all gone downhill this week. It's all about pipes and me fluffing words. And a great interview with the new First Doctor crew. Wow, there's more coming up. I can't wait to hear more from them. news of the first doctor adventures has certainly provoked debate from what i've read most people on the devil's diary facebook (laughs) and twitter are as excited as i am but some seem to need a little help in accepting an alternative first doctor into their head canon quantum physics has shown that an electron can exist in two places at once From this, scientists have extrapolated the idea of extra-dimensional planes, parallel worlds, alternative realities. Think of Philip Pullman's Star Trek Mirror Universe. And in Doctor Who, Inferno and Pete's World, we as sci-fi fans are used to this idea. It certainly isn't new. To my mind, the show itself even confirms alternative doctors. When the third doctor is transported to the alternative reality in Inferno, there's a smart little yellow roadster parked up. Who does it belong to, if not another version of the Doctor? Maybe it's called Jesse instead of Bessie. Maybe the Doctor wears an eye patch, Or maybe his vowel san- sounds have a slight Welsh lilt now and again. But is he the Doctor? Of course he is. I see what he's saying here. Very good. Uh, there are endless parallel universes. Sometimes he sounds like Jeffrey Beldon or David Warner and soon David Bradley. What about the Morbius Doctors? Different parallel doctors leeching through the walls of reality, perhaps? And by the way, why do some of the Doctors sound older than they used to? Time tonsils? A well-known affliction suffered by time travellers. My point is that you can make anything work in your head canon. Doctor Who is the most imaginative sandbox ever. If you're struggling with an idea in Doctor Who, just imagine. Our favourite show is called Doctor Who? Big Finish are putting that mystery at the heart of the story again, and I love them for that. Fond regards, Justin Webb. P.S. Please, Nick, give us Sherlock Holmes fans some news. We are feeling a little neglected. Sent from my iPad well justin i thought that was beautifully it was really uh, nice
1: email that really really yeah, nice i'm sure you know
0: some people might not agree with it but i think what you've said is lovely i don't need to think of them as being in an alternative universe to me it's all just stories and i love stories um the sherlock holmes yes 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 i've just recorded this last week um the first episode of our next sherlock holmes box set and here's a you know a news flash. That first episode will be made available as a download only at Christmas. It's a Christmas episode. It will also be available in the box set and all the ordering parameters will suit you buying them. And they, The other uh, episodes in the box set, released probably in March 2018, will be a three-part story. Hmm. But more on that story later.
1: Thank you. Now that really is some diddly-umptious news right there. Already looking forward to Christmas. Uh, what do I, I'm always looking forward to Christmas. Actually, no. Like especially a, now. That's a complete lie. Christmas is awful. It's it's just nothing but stress, uh, spending lots of money, and usually burning the turkey. But we do get some Sherlock Holmes. So that's I'm, I'm going, going on holiday. Oh, that's nice. Christmas Where are you going? Right now, oh, See yeah. you.
0: Goodbye. I'm going on holiday. No, I'm going on holiday at Christmas. Where Somewhere you... in the Canary
1: Islands. Oh, lovely. A little bit of a a, tr- a yeah. lovely hot Christmas then. Yeah. Lucky you. That's what I can say, old oh boy. Marvellous. Mm. I, I, ex- I was expecting. I was expecting
0: an anecdote there. <laughs> well i've not been yet so i can't tell you anything about it. well uh, it was a fantastic holiday this coming <laughs> christmas uh, amazing um we actually went by flying saucer oh wow and uh, every day we ate model
1: spitfires oh that's what i can see in front of me Ter- terrible they, especially when you get the uh, the little machine guns caught in your teeth nasty nasty stuff But yes, moving on now to our final email of the afternoon uh, or morning, wherever you are. Uh, This one is from River Jones, Uh, I think, who has emailed him before because what a name! What a name! Uh, So, dear Nick and Benji, as I am not really a fan of lots of narration, it has taken some time to take the plunge into the early adventures. I didn't think that I would like them as we don't have the original Doctor actors and some of the companions, so I imagined a lot of narrating, but I was wrong. With companions portraying the Doctor rather than just narrating and the recast of the missing companions, these now equal the best BF dramatisations. I really enjoy them and I think that Peter Purvis's excellent interpretation of Hartnell is a particular highlight. Love to hear more and would particularly like to see Peter Purvis playing the first Doctor with Ben and Polly. Elliot Chapman is excellent as Ben. So please let me know if you have plans. River, uh, and there's a little quote at the bottom here. The power of accurate observation is often called cynicism by those who don't have it. George Bernard Shaw.
0: Interesting. Controversial.
1: Mm. Um, No plans
0: for that at the moment, but it's a cracking idea. Yeah, Being that's all I have We, to say we, about we that.
1: love cracking ideas. We do, yes. I get ideas and I crack them like an egg, <laughs> like an egg, like one of those little hammers that you can buy to crack an egg with. Uh, don't use an actual size hammer because it does create a mess. Uh, and that is it for the end of the emails. Cracking emails, all of them. So thanks to everybody that has sent them in. And uh, yeah, if you if you've never uh, sent an email before, or if you're just sitting there and thinking. I'd oh, just love to, but those letters on the keyboard really frighten me. Well, <laughs> just give it, give it a go, because... Give them a bash! Give them a bash, see what comes out, and you never know, you might get read out on the show.
0: Time now for our guest star interview. Gemma Powell portrayed actress Jacqueline Hill in the BBC biopic Adventures in Space and Time, celebrating William Hartnell and the creation of Doctor Who. As you may well know, we at Big Finish have just announced the first Doctor Adventures in which we feature the cast of that biopic playing the original characters from Doctor Who. As you may also know, Jacqueline Hill played companion Barbara Wright back in 1963. So in the new first Doctor Adventures, Gemma Powell will be playing Barbara Wright during the studio sessions. Gemma and I found time for a podcast interview. She was quite nervous and suspicious. Hello, Gemma Powell, and welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. Hello. (laughs) I I like a nervous laugh at the beginning. (laughs) And that's the end of the interview. Um, So, Gemma, uh, uh, I always ask this question. It's largely pointless. Especially in this context. When did you first meet me?
11: I first met you about four years ago, um, doing very strange voices.
0: <laughs> but you don't remember, do you?
11: But I do. I'm. It, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> just you look very different.
0: That's true. I felt like
11: maybe in a previous life I'd met you or something. <laughs> you know, when you just have that thing, you're like, I know that person, but I've never... I had a wig on. I'm not very good at, like, Googling people, you know, just meet them and then... I'm like, I'm in the here and now. I'm not very good at that, like, oh, what's that person done before? Or, yeah, It's not really my style. And then it just makes me really nervous, you know?
0: Yeah. I should show you a photograph of me in that wig. I did take yeah, one. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to yeah. see it. I love to see it. Very, it's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so yes, it was during Adventures in Space. In, and yes, time.
11: exactly. Space and time.
0: And you, had I always rather... say time
11: and space, but it's space and time. It
0: is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> of course, I'd know that being a Doctor Who fan. That's
11: and I was they... wearing a wig as well. You were? Yeah.
0: Spectacular.
11: Yeah. Comfortable? fine actually the front bit was my my actual hair and the back bit was a, a wig so they sort of cut my hair quite short and oh. dyed it because I'm blonde they dyed it dark and um, yeah the back bit was a wig a sort of stick on wig you know wigs are stick on but yeah. yeah I know <laughs>
12: I've
0: mm, yeah. um, so what's tingling your molecules as we like <laughs> to say. <laughs> about big finish at the moment.
11: Well, it's just very exciting to it's not often that you get to, you you get asked you you get to be asked to play a character that you've already played. Mm. So you're all sort of reunited with them and it's a sad thing when you finish playing a character because you get quite attached to them. Especially Barbara, you know, I was playing Jacqueline Hill who was the actress who played Barbara Wright who um, I don't know. She was just lovely. And then, um, and you know, you finish a, a, a film project or, a, you know, a radio project, theatre project. And then it's like, oh, goodbye. And then you never sort of come into contact with them again. So here I was able to revive her and also to be reunited with, you know, all the Jamie and Claudia and David. Uh, that's really special because we were like a little sort of family it
0: was an enjoyable experience making it in the film yeah place it was
11: very that. it was very special because you know um the bbc the the white city building was um we were the last project to film in that uh in you know the white city building mm-hmm. um and it sort of felt quite poignant really because yeah it was just very poignant
0: mm-hmm. bit of history bit of tv but yeah, a bit of
11: history and um uh, yeah, and it, because it was a BBC programme, they would have filmed there. And then we were filming and it was closing down after we'd finished. So yeah. it just felt pretty yeah. special. Yeah.
0: What's uh, tingling your molecules generally <laughs> in entertainment for you? Things that, are, you know, either uh, TV or film or a book or music, anything that you're like, this is like a snapshot hmm. of what's tingling your molecules at the moment.
11: What's something I'm reading or I've watched? Yeah, or... Anything,
0: yeah. Yeah, anything like that?
11: Something I'm working on?
0: No, well, it oh. could be. but, oh, what, but a something book? You're, yeah, yeah, anything for, that you're interested in.
11: Well, i just... You seem very suspicious
0: about this question.
11: <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to answer it right. There's I, no I, correct answer. I just finished a book last night called Anything Is Possible. It's not a self-help book. It sounds sound like one. <laughs> it's not a self-help book. Um, and the first book was called My Name Is Lucy Barton, and it was just brilliant. You know when you finish a book and you... It was about a group of, it was about this, anyway, it's very complicated. Lots of different characters all coming together, very, you, you sort of read the book and you're like, oh, there's that person, that person, all different time periods and oh. just really incredible. What yeah. sort of
0: genre was it, would you describe? Modern day, yeah. but sort
11: of going back and forth. Mm. Yeah. A bit like Doctor Who, really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you would recommend that? To Britain, I would, would
11: recommend you? that, yeah.
0: Is it recently? Yeah, open? it's, a yeah, yeah. What's it called
11: again? It's called Anything Is Possible. Anything?
0: How could I have yeah. forgotten
11: that? <laughs> and I promise you, it's not a self-help book. And I'm trying to remember the name of the author. I can't remember. But I'm sure they're going to make it into a film. It's very filmic. Mm. Yeah.
0: And yeah. do you have a guilty entertainment secret? What I mean by that is like a film or but or something that you kind of like, but you feel slightly ashamed of yourself for liking. Yeah. You know, like, like, like I always give this example that mm. mine is a, basically, it's as Billy Piper put it mm-hmm. to me, a silly teenage girls movie called Chalet Girl. That whenever oh, it's I've on, seen that. I, I watch it and I quite
11: oh. enjoy it. what, like my first crush was Elvis Presley? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that's, that's not a film. Yeah, no, no. Um, or, a,
0: or a book. Or Well, weirdly,
11: to... actually, I grew up on The Sound of Music and Mary Poppins. And I felt... I'm sure that's why I got Barbara because sometimes you do listen to Jacqueline Hill and she does sound a bit like Julie Andrews. And today I said something and I was like, and I wasn't going to say it because I I love Julie Andrews and she's amazing and I would never compare myself to Julie Andrews. But I felt like I was Julie Andrews, like speaking in The Sound of Music. And Jack, he thinks my acting is terribly hammy. And he's like, you just watched two March Julie Andrews when you were younger. You act like her. It's like, oh really? Oh thank you.
0: <laughs> That's your husband, is it? That's You're my husband. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Okay. So what well, your guilty secret is The Sound of Music or Mary Poppins? Oh, does
11: that it? sound really twee? <laughs> That's
0: quite nice. They've become trendy again, though. They were The Sound of Music was mm. like a, a byword for the worst film in the world when I was growing oh, up. Oh really? So, Do you like The Sound of Music? Oh my. Oh God. Yeah, gosh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. kind of
11: come cool again. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so
0: beautifully done. Isn't well, it? yeah.
11: And my kids, you know, they're all into. Really awful, awful films. And then you're like, oh, this is what I grew up on, OK? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, it sounds really twee. That sounds like a bit of a boring answer, doesn't it? But I just thought it was funny because of the relation with Jacqueline Hill. I think they speak quite similarly. Yes. And I'm sure that's why I got cast as her, because I sort of grew up on that. I think it's the same sort of period, really, wasn't it? Sixty yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, yeah. 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 Mm.
0: I think you sound more like Audrey Hepburn when you do the Barbara voice. As oh, more, wow. Uh, well, like, Breakfast like, at Tiffany's. True. Yeah, yeah, there's a real yeah. Audrey Hepburn. Um. And maybe a bit of Lady Penelope from Thunderbirds.
11: Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> maybe if
0: we do Thunderbirds, we'll have to get you to be Lady <laughs> Penelope. That'd be perfect. Cool, oh, I've already goodness. alerted Jamie Anderson, who's uh, the son of the late Gerry Anderson, who created oh. Thunderbirds. So oh. you never know.
11: Oh, that would be a good one to do. Yeah. yeah.
0: We can, but hope thank you it's, oh. it's over the ordeal's over
11: oh I'm sorry that my answer was a bit twee sound of music I mean anyway
0: there's no right or wrong answer thank you
1: Gemma Powell there on top form thank you Gemma right then so now it is no time to hang around it is time for the randomoid select cue that epic music ooh what have we got what have we got so Ran has looked in his little his little box of, of random CDs and downloads and he's picked out another relevant one, actually. He's picked out a short trip, believe it or not. I short mean, trips is... 502, Little Doctors. Little Doctors. For this, I remember this one because I went through this phase at the time, I think, when these were being released or something. I think I was, I was taking the train an awful lot. And so the short trips became like my little... Literally, my short trips oh, of, yeah, of, you know, traveling you around there. listening to them. Yeah,
0: them. Yeah. Well, yes, this is uh, by Philip Lawrence, uh, produced by Michael Stevens, who now uh, works does the BBC audio stuff for um, Penguin Random House. And he used to work for Audio Go. Uh, but then Audio Go went bust, so we gave him a job for a while. Anyway, uh, so this is actually read by Fraser Hines as well. Here's a clip. Big Finish presents Doctor Who Short Trips Little Doctors
8: All across Limpos the converters had sprung to life, manufacturing little doctors in the streets, in homes, everywhere, and instantly they set about their destructive work. Some went racing up to the agri ripping up crops and plants.
0: Many prized off maintenance hatches and tugged at the cables within. Yeah, there you go. I don't know anything about this one, but I must say the short trips range is going from strength to strength to strength, as witnessed by our news item earlier in the podcast. So I do recommend you have a little listen to them. As you say, Benji, you know, it's quite... How many of them did you listen to on all your trips?
1: I can't remember because I can't remember how many trips I, I went on. But I mean, I just was... Wor- oh. I was working through because there's, there's just sort of... They're nice because you can switch into them. And and they're, they're kind of non-committal. Because like, yeah. somet- sometimes if you... I, like, I'm, I'm so guilty of doing this as well. Like, I'll listen to, like, one or two episodes of something and then I'll end up, like, something will happen and I'll... Or like you know, like when like if you're travelling somewhere and you listen to like half it, and then on the way back you're sort of stuck talking to somebody, you know, or something happens, and then you you just kind of don't get that time. So what's nice about the short trips is it's kind of one bite-sized chunk of Doctor Who that you can really kind of digest. And the other nice thing about them, without being a salesman here, is they're actually at really good prices, and like you, mm. they're they're really easy to just to pick up and, and grab and, and and run with. So. Yeah, absolutely love the short trip. I've just got up. this
0: image of you picking up a short trip and running with it. <laughs> Come back, Benji!
1: No, I've got a short trip. I'm running. It's, it's mine. It's 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 mine. But he hasn't paid again, has he? Right. Get the get the rifle.
0: Just shoot me down. Shot for running with a short trip. That's just so tasteless. Um yeah uh also i think good for listening to on the go not necessarily running but you know in buses and trains and things because um it's just a single voice so there's not so much detail in the soundscape although there is some nice there are some nice bits of music and sound design in there but um i think they're good for that too
1: anyway well thank you very much ran there you go yeah ran you're a real a real champion uh of the sort of out audio at random world it's very very yeah. you know very complicated but it was
0: relevant wasn't it it, it was it's, it's weird that, that. that
1: ran does that and and i and i'm not even joking here it is not a case of me clicking it until something relevant comes up this is the first choice that that yeah. ran came up that's with. that's the so principle that is you know magic Audio magic, oh boy And so then, as the podcast explodes into a trillion particles of custard, only to dissolve upon the surface of the universe's largest apple and gooseberry crumble, there is just time for Nick to round up and recommend the latest Big Finish releases for your audio delectation. Mm.
0: I thank you. Mmm, tasty.
1: Mm. So, have a listen to these. Either download old
0: CD or why not try the Big Finish app? It's free and available for Apple and Android devices, don't you know? Right, so, The Time Machine by H.T. Wells, dramatised by Mark Platt, starring Ben Miles, you'll love it. Doctor Who, The Silurian Candidate, starring Sylvester McCoy and lots of Silurians. Also, Part 1 is available as a free download. Uh, Doctor Who, Time in Office, Leela, Time Lords, Tegan, and the Fifth Doctor, Peter Davidson. Uh, Doctor Who, The Thief Who Stole Time, he's going to kill me if he ever listens to one of these podcasts Peter Um, uh, the corking finale of the current series of fourth Doctor adventures ah yes with Tom Baker as the Doctor of course He's probably going to kill me too if he hears a podcast. Doctor Who, The Early Adventures. Everyone's going to kill me. The <laughs> Night Witches. The Night Witches are going to kill me. Starring Annika Wills and Fraser Hines, who are going to kill me in a second Doctor Adventure. Glorious. Great. Great reviews, too. Uh, the New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, The Ruler of the Universe. Starring David Warner as an Unbound Doctor. And naturally, last week's podcast guest, Lisa Bauman as Benny. Bernice Summerfield, True Stories. Lisa Bauman reads a great collection of Benny short stories, not to be missed. And don't forget you can get a free download of the heart of new york a classic captain scarlet and the mistrons audio adventure from 1967 full original cast antics narrated by the late and very very great ed bishop who was captain blue we also featured that episode in last week's podcast if you want to go back and listen to it there it's up to you just have a listen
1: that's it so 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 much there to listen to and Nick thanks for as always going through each and every one of them majestically majestically (laughs) (laughs) he's going to kill me now too Uh, but we're out of time that was the buzzer Uh, (laughs) that wasn't the buzzer but if we had a buzzer (laughs) it would be going off and talking of Captain Scarlet here's a 15 minute slice of Captain Scarlet The Spectrum Files
12: High above the storm clouds Melody following Destiny up, saw her plane slip sideways.
6: Destiny! What's wrong?
12: But there was no response. For a brief moment, she watched, appalled, as Destiny's plane began to twist into a dive. Then she yelled into her microphone,
6: Harmony, we've got to save her.
5: Like
6: no! The magno lines. But we must synchronize on the target. Level out. Quick, there's not a second to lose. Already, Destiny's plane
12: was hurtling down past them, plunging towards the storm center far below. Melody could see that if they did not check it, the plane would fall into the heart of the hurricane with as much chance of survival as a fly. The two angels leveled out their planes 50 feet apart and simultaneously went into a dive on the tail of the falling craft. Powered by their jets, they screamed down, overhauling it fast. But Melody could see that it would be touch and go whether they caught it before it dived beneath the clouds to annihilation.
6: Stand by. S.I.G. At the count of three, fire. One,
12: two, five. She stabbed a green button on her control panel. There were simultaneous explosive blasts at the noses of the pursuit planes, and twin missiles trailing thin, ultra-strong, spun titanium cables sped from their projectors and clamped home magnetically on either side of the doomed craft's fuselage. Reduce
6: speed gradually and level
12: out. Slowly, agonizingly slowly, they eased their planes out of the dive, checking the dead weight of Destiny's plane as gently as possible to avoid tearing it apart. The upper layers of the cloud curtain were already swirling about the plane when at last they checked its downward flight and then drew it steadily clear into the less disturbed upper regions of
6: the atmosphere. We we did it. We did it, Melody. (sighs) Sure, honey. It just shows that the Age of Miracles hasn't passed.
12: Her epaulets flashed white, and the Colonel's voice, hoarse with emotion, said in her earphones...
10: Well done, Melody. That was one of the quickest pieces of thinking I've ever seen.
6: Thank you, sir. But it's still pretty choppy round here. Guess we'd better get clear. Is there any place we can land Destiny's Plane? Sure.
10: There's a small island a hundred miles or so north by east, Reference area s 41 w Put her down there, and I'll get Captain Scarlet to fly out in the personnel jet.
6: That won't be necessary, sir. I'm all right now, and my controls are beginning to register again.
10: Thank Pete for that. What happened to you, Destiny?
6: Mon Dieu, I think I, I must have blacked out. Lack of oxygen, I suppose. Everything fell at once, it seemed. I, I don't understand it.
10: I do. The Mesterons have pulled tricks like that before, out of their confounded war of nerves. But, having failed to ditch you, they won't try again. That seems to be the pattern of it. S.I.G. Return to base at once.
6: S.I.G. sir? On the again?
10: I'm afraid there's nothing we or anyone else can do about that now, Destiny. If it was a natural one, there might be a chance of it veering away from the emergency areas. But it's not. So all we can do is evacuate them and prepare for the worst.
12: The colonel was right. An hour later, the hurricane, having devastated the Bahamas, leaving rich men's playgrounds in shreds and tatters and sinking hundreds of small craft, howled across the Florida coastline, flattening Miami And a score of other towns before screaming out into the Gulf of Mexico where it dispersed with miraculous suddenness.
10: As suddenly as that cloud over London. Fortunately, the authorities acted on my warning and ordered complete evacuation of the area, so there was little loss of life compared with the London catastrophe. Although, of course, the material damage was considerably greater. It's obvious the Mysterons have the power to switch these catastrophes on and off at will, sir. Yes, and direct them at any chosen target. I'm sure their macabre sense of humor directed that hurricane at Miami because they knew Dietz and his colleagues were in conference there. As it turned out, the hotel where they were meeting was raised flat, not a stone or stick left standing. Luckily, they got out in time. I bet the Mistrons are having a good chuckle over that, sir. If they can chuckle. Their agents can. Right now, our late lamented colleague Captain Black is probably killing himself. I wish you meant that literally, sir.
12: And in the underground laboratory in Nordland, Captain Black laughed as he looked at the scenes of devastation which were appearing in panoramic succession on the video screen.
10: (laughs) You did well, Professor. But you will do even better. No part of Earth must be spared, you understand?
12: The Misteronized scientist smiled, evilly.
10: I understand, my friend. I have an interesting schedule prepared. Then proceed. The Earthmen must pay dearly for their unprovoked attack on the Misteron complex.
12: The man, who had been Professor Standal did his sinister work well during the following days. Hurricanes swept every latitude, devastating areas that had hitherto known nothing more violent than a gale. There were typhoons and tidal waves. Snow fell in regions that scarcely knew what frost was. In northern latitudes there were unexpected thaws that flooded white areas. Always the disasters were confined to comparatively small areas As if definite targets were being selected, and always the authorities had sufficient warning to take measures to keep loss of life down to a minimum. Although the material damage was colossal. On cloud base, Colonel White addressed his personnel.
10: They're stepping up their war of nerves all right. No community knows when its turn will come, and the very fact that so few lives have been lost has a certain diabolical cunning about it. The Mysterons want the Earth people to suffer, not die, for the time being at any rate.
12: The press and video commentators were screaming for action. What is Spectrum doing to combat the menace? was a constantly recurring headline. The world president summoned Colonel White to Unity City and put the same question. The Colonel was his usual blunt and honest self.
10: Frankly, sir, I don't know what to do. If the Mr. Arms had made a personal threat against you, we could have taken appropriate action to try to ensure that they did not succeed. Even then, we could not be sure of doing so. We have failed as many times as we have succeeded. But the situation we are now faced with is totally different. We have no objective to counter-strike at. We have been waiting for the Misterons to make a mistake, to give us a lead. A rather negative policy, I'm afraid, but you will appreciate my personnel can't tilt at windmills. I'm sure that is just what the Mysterons would want them to do.
12: The President nodded wearily. We'd had little sleep for several nights. I appreciate that, Colonel White.
10: I'm not blaming you personally, but at least we should let it appear that we are trying to do something. Might I suggest calling a conference of weather experts? They've already worn their brains out numb on this, sir, without coming up with a solution. Their three remaining satellites are useless to counter the weather disturbances. The Mysteron's no doubt negating them in some way. I know all that, Colonel. But let us, for once, show the public something's happening, instead of letting them hear about it secondhand. In other words, a public conference of weather experts with full video and radio coverage.
12: The Colonel shrugged.
10: As you wish, sir. And if I might make another suggestion? Yes, sir. See to it that Professor Stendhal is invited. I know Professor Dietz and his colleagues won't like it, but well, the man may be a crank, as they say, but cranks sometimes have brilliant ideas. And by George, we need some now. I think you may have something there, sir. At any rate, it's worth trying. He's been curiously quiet since the Misterons launched Operation Hurricane. Probably letting us stew in our own juice for scorning his ideas for weather control. Who knows? But his Beam, or whatever he calls it, might be our salvation. I'll see to it, sir. With your permission, I'll arrange for the conference tomorrow in the World Council Chamber.
12: Splendid! The President held out his hand. Thank you for coming, Colonel.
10: I feel like a man fighting off a pack of wolves who is down to his last bullet.
12: As Captain Scarlet piloted Colonel White back to cloud base in the Spectrum jet, He was deep in thought.
10: That's not a bad idea of the President's, about calling in Professor Stendhal. should have thought of it myself. You mean, sir, that if this beam of his really does work and is not just a crackpot dream, we might be able to use it to counter the Mysterons' weather manipulations? Sure. If it were powerful enough, for instance, to smash a hurricane as soon as it started. Checkmate. The Misterons would turn it in and try some other tack. Exactly, Captain. That might be something even more hair-raising, but at least we'd have earned a respite. Getting in touch with him is going to be a problem. No one knows where his laboratory is. But I don't doubt he's in touch with events, sir. He's probably even waiting for this moment. A radio message should reach him.
12: It did. As he listened to it coming over the radio in his secret laboratory that evening, the Mr. and I scientist smiled coldly but Captain Black.
10: It is as you said, my friend. Naturally. We can always see several moves ahead of these Earthmen. That is why we are able to play with them, to use one of their own expressions as a cat plays with a mouse. You will radio a reply telling them you will be at the
12: conference. Once there, you understand what to do. The man who had been Professor Standal inclined his unkempt head. I understand, my friend.